0: The Browns and Jack Conklin have restructured his contract, keeping him in the fold for 2022. What does that mean for his rehab? What does that mean for the rest of the offensive line? The Browns appear set to cash up David Ajoku and extend the 25-year-old tight end Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry. It looks like there can only be one. All of this and more on your latest Locked On Browns.
1: You are locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network Your team every day
0: Friends to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things dog pound L G B on the L O B the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow-back account, DMs are open, as you guys know. Questions, ideas, thoughts. Try to be there for you all as much as possible. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen Day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you subscribe, you're subscribed or following the Locked on Browns podcast. Leave the five star ratings, written reviews. Thank you so much. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Going to sit down today from, uh, with Browns Digest through Sports Illustrated. Mr. Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, Certainly some things to talk about as we are into NFL Combine Week. Workouts will start officially. I believe that will be for Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, Even starting off with the skill players. uh, Then you'll get to the offensive linemen. And trickling on down to the final day of defensive backs and specialists on Monday. Your Browns news to begin on. Uh, Over the weekend... Uh, Browns right tackle and the Browns restructured. Jack Conklin's contract for next year um, has been sliced up a little bit. Um, but still every opportunity for Jack Conklin to re- uh recoup all the money he was slated to make uh now on the books for eight million dollars with a chance with incentives to get all his money back. For first things, first year Pete. Um this obviously settles some talk and some discussion, you know, about the Browns right tackle position. But for me, I think. For me, the biggest takeaway from this, Pete, is, you know, the way this was structured and still guaranteeing the $8 million is that maybe Jack Conklin is uh, a, a lot more further along. And maybe the promise of him being ready to go week one, week two, look more promising than maybe we originally thought. Well, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus,
1: has already declared that he will be ready for week one. Um so however
0: uh, however you want to take that from drew rosenhouse
1: yeah so i mean look he's he's four months from the injury and surgery uh hopefully they, they've got a pretty good idea of where this thing's headed in terms of his recovery uh but you know it at it, it, it least guarantees that he will be here in 2022 i mean you know theoretically if he misses half the season is that the end of the world? No, but obviously it, it doesn't feel good if he's not out there week one. The 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 weird way this sort of works out for the Browns is is uh, one. I assume they will try to find another tackle somewhere, whether that is re-signing Chris Hubbard or drafting somebody, um, not unlike they did with James Hudson last year. But if Jack Conklin is basically you know trying to get ready for the start of the season, like James Hudson. Presumably, is going to get basically every rep and practice for those sure. weeks and months, which is going to be basically the Nick the, the Nick Harris treatment, with uh, as much practice as as uh, Treader misses uh, in a in a week in a in a camp in a season. So there's this weird, interesting dynamic of well, one. Maybe Jack Conklin, this is still going to be his last year, and this sort of gives you uh, that much more of a runway to get uh, Hudson ready. Uh, On the other hand, you know, the fact that he's going to be here doesn't sort of eliminate the possibility that that they – do another deal with Conklin afterwards. Obviously all that's going to be dependent on where, you know, his, his health his injury situation, how he comes back and all of those things. But at least for the moment, it gives them certainty at that right, right tackle in terms of at least their plan, if not their actual, who's going to be out there on, on, you know, opening day.
0: Uh, this, look, I mean, the key to this right now, as you're going to want to grow and improve the passing game in 2022, certainly there's no question about that. It's going to be a major goal for this team, but you're also not going to forget about what is the bread and butter of this team and what's the most successful thing that that this offense has going right now. has a strong offensive line. It has a strong running game. Jack Conklin is certainly part of that. Um, when healthy, uh, as we saw for most of 2020, uh, played at an all pro caliber level, there was no way around it. Uh, as we talked about before, with Jack Conklin being built more like an athletic build than you know your traditional offensive lineman, when he's dinged, the, the play suffers a little bit. But obviously, the Browns feel the importance here. Could this mean that this is the final year? You know, that maybe they won't go into this afterwards. We'll see how the cap works for next year. But obviously, a lot more money now going to Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller, deservedly so uh Jedrick Wills in year three and then into year four obviously starting to get to the meatier part of his contract question I do have Pete and you actually brought up the names I was going to transition here anyway um Nick Harris has basically done everything but playing games as a center for the Cleveland Browns for the last two years he's pretty much taken almost every single Packers rep there is started the uh Green Bay game which was uh week 15 Christmas Day game showed very well is you know with the Browns and look there are players at other positions here where money is now going to come up the tight end position so we're going to discuss here in segment two, but uh, players like Denzel Ward, there are you know maybe players like M J Stewart who you'd like to retain. Does the re-signing of Conklin maybe mean that you know there's a possibility that the the switch at center and Nick Harris and it's no offense to J C Treader obviously he's he's played and he's played well for the last two years but you have a guy now who's groomed and for all intents and purposes, probably ready to roll. Is it time to pull the trigger on that front?
1: I don't know. Uh, the The thing is like, obviously Nick Harris was unbelievably effective uh, against the green Bay Packers in, in his one game. And he's been prac like, like I just said, he, he's been practicing a ton, getting a, all kinds of reps
0: because Treader, really doesn't practice so he's more than the understudy he literally does it all but actually show up and do the show
1: <laughs> yeah so uh, on the one hand you know Treder has a real value on any number of lever- levels one you always know he's going to be out there he just doesn't miss games um, and and he's been good like you know obviously he's been dealing with knee issues I'm playing on one leg quite a bit since he's been with the Browns but he doesn't miss games so it's not that easy to sort of be like yeah we're just going to move on because if you know they don't right now at least have a backup center that like you know Blake Hance I guess would be your next man up at center um and 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 I and I do suspect Blake Hance would be a much better center than he's been a tackle but that doesn't mean that you're going to be ready to go because if Nick Harris is on the field grabbing his ankle like who's your next man in so I I don't know that they're going to be ready to do that. I think they might be inclined to hold on to him, but if they are going to move on, then they have to go find somebody else to come in and back up. I don't think they're going to just be like, we're going to go ahead and cut Harris ahead of March 16th and be like, we'll figure it out. They're going to have a, I I suspect they're going to have a plan ahead of time. And, and, you know, they are in restructuring season. So maybe they talk to Nick they they talk to JC Treder and say, you know, can we can we take a little off the top here? And maybe he's interested in that. Maybe he's not. Um that could also be another conversation. I mean, they're they're they they're already gonna be doing that with Jarvis Landry. Um maybe there's others that they're they're gonna talk to about. That, they, they just did it with Conklin. Um, maybe they find some ways to sort of create some a little a little, a little bit of flexibility there.
0: It certainly looks, you know, something that they're looking to do, obviously, as they're crying, trying to create more cap space for free agents that they want to sign. Certainly, you want more space going into free agency as well. Um, you know, you, know you, you do have things like Kareem Hunt on the last year of his deal, um, which is you know for six six and a half million dollars. You know, I don't think there's anywhere where you're really going with Kareem Hunt, um, but you do, you know have to manipulate this cap. And it's something that's constantly, um, you know, in effect here uh, there's certainly more room than he had last year as far as overall cap. Um, but when you have all these young players that, you know, were drafted in rounds one and rounds two, as the years go on, you know, their money goes up. So you got to find a way here. Um, if they went for, tr- with two tr- and found a way to say, Hey, can we, you know, basically just change the language, offset the language in this contract, Free up some the opportunity here because it's not like you can move on from Nick Harris because you need that insurance policy for JC Treader. And I don't think it's going to change much where all of a sudden now JC Tredder is going to be ready to practice on Wednesdays. Just don't see it, you know, maneuvering that way. He's a vital piece of this offensive line. You've heard, you know, a couple of years ago, Joe Platonio on this show talking about how much the relationship between he and JC Treader is strong, is a good one, about how much JC Tredder is a linchpin to this offensive line. So it would be a really, really difficult thing to do if you can find a way where all parties are happy, i.e. reworking the deal. Um, but it is a tough scenario because you got a player like Nick Harris, who's busted his butt here for two years. And, you know, it probably rightful, you know, to say that his time is now. Um, But yeah, you would have to obviously find a way to address a backup center somehow, some way. Is it in-house? We don't know yet. Obviously, Treader plays every game. We've only seen Nick Harris, and this is going on over two years now. Um, You know, and for all intents and purposes, J.C. Treader just plays every week, you know, however banged up or, you know, however great the pain is. But it's, you know, something to be monitored. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a discussion to be had there with the same logic of, you know, you know, let's just find a way to make this work here, or you never know. I mean, we don't know exactly, you know, J.C. Treder's intentions, obviously very, very, you know, in highly involved, you know, with the Players Association, with his, you know, position of being president. So, you know, we'll see. But it's something certainly to monitor, and these talks certainly heat up this time of week. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, this time of year, certainly with Combine Week here, these conversations are the ones to be had. We're going to be flipping it over here. We're going to go to the tight end position here as there you know, are some thoughts, at least, out there uh, of the Browns' intentions as far as David Njoku. We're going to get to go all that here as we continue. Combine Week starts Locked On Browns. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resu- resolution because I'm really enjoying eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are marshmallowy, they are not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they are also covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a p- fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy. Yummy, seminami ichiro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are all going to be part of your new favorite lineup. All built bars are covered in one hundred percent real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included. One hundred percent real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these; they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to three hundred calories. Go to built.com. Scroll down the macros chart you will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most bill bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Pete, rumors are starting to surface. Brown's intentions are to re-sign David Njoku to you know a a large extension uh 23 year old david Njoku, who at times has some had some really good moments early in 18 early I'm sorry early in his rookie year 17 18 as well 19 a little bit of a lost year came in 20 in this new regime here was a player that they thought had a ton of potential the blocking wasn't where it needed to be yet put an absolute you know, ton of effort into becoming a more all-around tight end in the 2020 season, showed more of that in the 2021 season. You have a scenario here now with Austin Hooper, two years uh, within this Browns' current regime. Uh, I would say, you know, it, to say disappointment to this point is fair. Um, you thought there was going to be a lot more that came out of him in the receiving game. It is not to this point. David Njoku, at times, looks like he might be the better blocker. If anything, looks to be an equal blocker. You have a player in Harrison Bryant where the receiving potential is there. And here is another player uh, through two years now who has put in a ton of effort to try to improve his blocking. So if the potential is there for Harrison Bryant and David Njoku with more targets to be more productive, if if it's there that David Njoku is probably equal to or just slightly less than, or maybe even slightly better than Austin Hooper as a blocker, an emerging player, and Harrison Bryant. I'm not saying free agency would be the way you'd go. I mean, necessarily, you could find maybe a guy who comes in who is more of a blocking tight end. This draft offers a ton of potential players that could fit into a team and this might also be a situation when the Browns aren't going to go as much 13 personnel anymore maybe it's going to be more 12 personnel but that doesn't mean you still don't need a third tight end but he, I, I just don't know how if you're looking to save money here and I don't even know if cutting money with Austin Hooper um, and keeping him around makes that much sense uh, you know David Njoku at his age, his athletic profile, the fact that he's become a really, really diligent worker in developing his craft. I think it's just time to pull the trigger. And, you know, after two years, it's just safe to say it didn't work out. Maybe it's time to move on with Austin Hooper.
1: Well, I mean, everything Austin Hooper comes down to how much guaranteed money are you comfortable in giving up? Um, If, if the Browns are comfortable, then trading him makes the most sense. Um, At least you can get something back at that point. And his, once the dead money's gone, um, you know, that contract's pretty, pretty, pretty nice to a team that would, uh, be getting him in that scenario. So that maybe there's some ability to recoup value there. Um, as for Nijoku, I, I mean, he's got all the ability in the world, um, to, to be a really good player and it just, everything else needs to work out in terms of this past year, uh, you know, you saw in the Chiefs game to open up, it was, it looked great. And then it became inconsistent with injury situation uh, with Mayfield and some of the other things going on. And then other guys around him haven't been that good in terms of being able to take pressure away from him. Um, I, I th- you know, if you can create more spacing for him, uh, I think he's a guy who's in position to thrive. There's still things um that I think Njoku can continue to improve upon in terms of just being uh a little bit cleaner in and out of his routes uh if you if you're just asking him to run a straight line he's great um I, but I do think he can continue to refine himself um i i there's still more in there so um and and looking at what the browns have offensively i mean if 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 you decide that like you're okay with letting him leave, um, then I don't know where you're really going at this point with this offense. I mean, you are essentially sort of trying to reset it. Uh, Maybe there's an argument for that, but I don't think the Browns want to go that route and he's the best receiving threat they'd have on the team right now. Um, I think it's much easier to keep him and then build around him with young receivers. Uh, Harrison Bryant's still there. Whether or not Austin Hooper is here, I think his role has to change. Um and there there's certainly a capacity for that to be uh effective. Uh, I think with Njoku it's he's due in terms of breaking out, but I also think it's sort of out of his control in certain space. You go back to uh twenty what was that, twenty eighteen, um when he had you know he was top ten in receiving yards. Uh, in, in the league in t- from a tight end position, and it's because the Browns were so much better at space. They had things like speed on the outside. They had all these other elements, and teams didn't have the, the capacity to sort of keep covering him uh, with multiple guys and, and and finding ways to sort of slow him down, and it allows him to thrive. So if the Browns keep him, if Donovan Peoples jones continues to take a step forward, if the Browns add some more receiver help, um, to increase the spacing, and Baker Mayfield plays well, or whoever whoever is in at quarterback, I still assume it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Um, plays like he did in 2020, then I think Njoku has the capacity to really break out uh, and have the season that we've sort of expected him have. Um, the other floating question with him is, do they want to put apply the franchise tag? Um, I think, as a course, of just philosophy, the Browns don't. Um, The franchise tag for him would be worth $11 million, which certainly isn't a bad number. But I do think that the Bronx want to sort of sign him to a deal where they can have the first year be cheaper, much cheaper than that. Like, let's say, for example, they sign him to, um, you know, like a $33 million deal. It's still the $11 million. But, you know, that first year is... 7 million the second year is 11 million and the third year is 15 million just to grow with the cap that seems to be the way they want to run this thing so there's that's the other reason where i think the Browns don't want to use the the franchise tag is i think they really like being able to dictate how the, that that contract goes with the with the, the salary cap which is exactly the way john johnson's contract work and a number of others are in that boat
0: um, and just want to clarify, David Njoku, currently 25 years old. He'll be 26 years old over the summer. Um, in the 2018 season, Pete referred to 56 receptions, almost 650 yards. Had a phenomenal year that year. Obviously, 19 started early with an injury. Um, and for you know, for most of 2019, obviously, you know, a lot of difficulties for a lot of players on this team. Um, but with a new regime in 20, was basically put in a position where everything was going to have to be proven. Um, and a lot more was put on the we don't we want you to be more than just this uh, gifted athlete at the tight end position. We want you to be a tight end, um, put in the work. It showed throughout the latter part of 2020. It showed through the playoffs in 2020, 2021, obviously. So a lot of, a lot of good things from David Njoku. Um, and here's a player, you know, it, it, maybe it took some time for the all around game to come around, uh, but the Browns are in position. Um, and Najoku's done the work for me. It's it's a slam dunk. It's just not really a question at this point. And people even haven't gotten really to Harrison Bryant here. And there's times where Harrison Bryant it looks really really smooth as a receiver. Um, And it, it just seems for me a waste that you know between the three of them. And we probably figure that the target share to the tight end position on a whole is probably going to drop some. And we've talked about this the the return of this. Great tight end room that they had felt they had put together. Never really hit its mark over two seasons. Um But, you know, with Najoku being 26 and Harris-Marion obviously being a younger player, it, it, it's you just can't do it anymore. You just can't really hold these kids back. You kind of just got to give them the opportunity. It's something they've worked for. And whereas Hooper's play may have digressed in 2021, you've got two younger players ready to go, ready to basically, you know, take the opportunity for themselves.
1: Well, I mean, you get into things like target share. The bottom line is if the Bronx play better offense, there's going to be more targets. You know, yeah. that's like, that's the thing for them. They just need to play better and move the ball more consistently. If they do that, then there's going to be more, everybody gets fed. I mean, that's, that's kind of how that works. So, um, I don't concern myself too much with, with this concept of, you know, how many targets should player A versus player B get. All I know is that if you have David Njoku and Harrison Bryant on the field, Those are two guys who can get open and catch passes and make plays. Um, I think Harrison Bryant has been quietly turning himself into a really nice player. And obviously the high ankle sprain um, was sucked because he was, he was playing really well um, when, when he heard it, but just in terms of like what that does for the rest of the offense, especially if the Browns do find a way to restructure Jarvis Landry. I think Harrison Bryant, David Njoku work better with him, than a player like Austin Hooper. And I don't dislike Austin Hooper at all. I just can't watch him drop balls like he has um anymore. I, I you know if they want to bring him back, that's fine. He they you know he has a value. He's a good blocker and he can do some other things. Uh, but just in terms of raw passing and what your offense can do, I think Harrison Bryant and David Njoku sort of allow you more options in that. And that can that could be a major factor in why this whole thing goes. I mean, it, Austin Hooper struggled, and yet it seemed like every game, the first drive of the game, we're trying to get passes to him. Like that's, and that's where I where I get sort of annoyed at this whole idea of well, we got to get so and so targets. Just play good offense and find guys to get the ball. Which is that's what happened in twenty twenty. It like it never mattered. It just, just find the guy and get the ball. Or when uh, you know Baker Mayfield's rookie year, just find the right guy, get him the ball, and let him make plays. I'm hoping we get back to that. Um, obviously with his health he's ahead of schedule which is good news um and that's sort of where this thing gets takes takes a jump and looks good and suddenly people don't look at this team and go oh they you know they're so bad no they're just playing smart offense away from being a pretty good team they just need more talent
0: to get back to the, you know, basically hit the plant foot, grip it and rip it, you know, what made Baker Mayfield so special in 2018, and certainly in 2020, which made him so successful in 2020. It doesn't matter who you are. But I do agree with the Jarvis Landry and the Austin Hooper. I mean, there were times kind of, you know, where the route concepts of both players are kind of equal. And if it's one thing that we've talked about, you know, over the two years of the Stefansky regime is with these two players, What's the problem we've always talked about with the the passing game for the last two years, the inability to get vertical. Um, you identify two players like Landry and certainly Austin Hooper and getting them involved, keeping them involved. These are two players that have shown, you know, that their best abilities is not in a vertical capacity. And this team is trying to find a way to get more vertical with players like Donovan Peoples-Jones. And Joku allows you to do this. Harrison Bryant allows you to do this. Um, We'll see how it goes in the coming days. Me personally, I, I you know, maybe you can move them and let somebody else try to kick the can down the road as far as a restructure with Austin Hooper. Um, I, I've talked with, you know, some Titans, Titans fans and, you know, who are uh, host of Locked on Titans. He would be in on something like that just for the fact of, you know, getting Hooper in there as far as a blocker down there, letting him get his, you know, his crumbs that are going to come from the passing game as obviously the Titans offense is heavily dependent on Derrick Henry. Um, but that, either way, for me personally, I just don't think Austin Hooper is going to be a part or a version of the 2022 Cleveland Browns. I think it's something they tried. They put a lot into, they certainly you know, made an effort to make this worse or make this work, I should say, but the investment they put in with Austin Hooper just never seemed to, uh, you know, hit the rewards that they were you know, hoping for when they signed him to the large contract two years ago as one of their first free agents to come to the new regime here in Cleveland. We're going to get a couple other things here as we continue to roll on. We appreciate everybody makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in and day out. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both the NBA and the NCAA. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Betonline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and of course, covers you through the Olympics. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to lose your you, mm, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Betonline where the game starts did have one question from a listener, Pete, and this is uh, one here. Um, Zadarius Smith uh, looks like the possibility could be that his days in uh, Green Bay are over. Obviously tempting because I'm sure the Baltimore Ravens would love to have him back. Is he a possibility without Jadavian Clowney? Is he a possibility even with Jadavian Clowney? Interesting name, certainly always been a solid pass rusher.
1: Well, I, I can't imagine he's an option with Van Clowney, um, but could he be an option as a replacement? Maybe. Um, he certainly got the size, uh, pro, you know, pro, profile 6'4", 272 pounds, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, however, he is more of a pass rusher than a run stopper which on some level is great. Um, you know, getting more pass rush would be great. Uh, but he's less inclined to be a guy who's going to protect your guys at the second level, which is kind of a big deal to the Browns. But the other part of the bat, of that is there are defenses that are going to pay him a, a boatload of money that don't care if he plays a run. And I, I don't think the Browns are going to win that battle um, if he gets out in the open market. I think there are teams where he, you know, th- that have more um, size and effectiveness on the in- inside and can get a guy like him to just basically pin his ears back and go get the quarterback. So, um, yeah, if he gets out in the open market, I suspect, even though he had a a crappy 2021 year because of his injury. I expect he's going to get paid a whole lot of money, which is the whole reason he's potentially out in Green Bay. I think he's due something like $26 million. Um yeah, so I I I'd be very surprised if he if if Cleveland was they may put in the call. I just don't I don't expect they become a player for him.
0: If anything, let's just hope he uh, just doesn't return to Baltimore. That would be just fine with me. Uh, some coaching shakeups, changeups with the Browns. Uh, Drew Petsing will now be the quarterback coach for next season, whereas T.C. McCartney will now step up to be the tight end coach. Um, my first thing with Petsing is it, it kind of seems like, you know, Stefanski's kind of doing for Drew Petzing what was done for Stefanski in the past. Somebody who's been around for a while, somebody that's put the work in, And you're you know, you're working with him as far as an evolution throughout his coaching process. So, you know, Petsing gets to step up. You know, Alex Ben Pelt, you know, offense coordinator, never truly carried the title of quarterback coach. Who knows? You know, maybe Maybe there's something there between Drew and Baker as, you know, Petsing and Baker, as far as, you know, this is a relationship they would like to have, you know, maybe get to work a little bit more here. It doesn't seem like anything's going to change as far as the play calling responsibilities. Coach Stefanski is going to keep that. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe some guys, you know, putting in the work and, you know, maybe getting, you know, rewarded for it by head coach Kevin Stefanski.
1: Well, I mean, look, it, you know, Drew Petzing was a guy who was interviewed for offensive coordinator job this offseason. Uh He was at least considered by the Raiders. Um, he's a guy who's his name is out there for potential promotions. Um, this allows him to move to a, a higher profile position. Uh, it allow which in turn allows uh, Alex Van Pelt to be the full on offensive coordinator at this point. Which I think is the move that sort of gets lost in this whole thing, um, whether or not that involves play calling. That's still a big, that's still a difference. He's fully invested just in that part of it, as opposed to being a position coach. Um, and on on some layer, you know, he's going to still be involved with, you know, with the quarterback position, but he's also going to be sort of involved with everybody else. And then TC McCartney is a guy who had was brought in. um he was one of the uh, coaches that the browns hired um you know basically at the at the base level um to try to get guys who are more uh try to get one they, they wanted to get more uh minority coaches on the offensive side of the ball in, in on the ground floor he's been with the team since Stefanski got here um for the two years, he's been in quality control, um, I think, and now he gets to move up to a position coach in this term. In, in this case, tight ends. Uh, so they you know, this is sort of what they want to do. They want to um, develop their own coaches from within the with uh, from the inside and put in more qual get help get more minority candidates qualified on that side of the ball because um, you know for all the issues, you know, what there are obviously any number of issues with hiring in the NFL, but one of the, uh, points that's often made is that there are not enough minority coaches on the offensive side of the ball. So the Browns, um, were one of the teams that wanted to specifically attack that particular area, uh, and, and, and see where that goes. So, um, presumably the Browns will I, I don't think they've announced anybody else to come in uh, for that, the, the role McCartney was in. But, uh, yeah, they, they they get to it's, – it's growing responsibility for younger coaches. It's a more focused responsibility for a guy like Alex Van Pelt, um, which, by the way, sort of makes it clear he's going to be here at least for this year and potentially longer. And we'll see. Now, what's going to – what. It, What are we presumably going to hear asked at some point this week? Um, You know, I I assume somebody's going to ask. Well, if uh, you know, if we're essentially giving uh, Alex Van Pelt the full offensive coordinator job, is this going to involve play calling? My 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 guess is still probably they will say no. But as we've talked about any number of times, like that's a collaborative collaborative process, and if nothing else, this is going to streamline what. Uh, he does on, on not only during the week, but during the game, in terms of being able to uh, focus on giving uh, Kevin Stefanski starters or ideas on what to do, because that's really what he's been doing already. Even if even if uh, Stefanski is the one just spitting out the call, you know Van Pelt has been absolutely a part of what is being, what is being called and what is being run in, in games.
0: Uh, this certainly. And, you know, you get down to, you know, when you have these sheets of, you know, this is what we like on third and seven, this is what we like on second and nine, da, 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 da all that work goes into it. Um, and to say Stefanski is the play caller, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, this is a, a sole effort as opposed to a collaborative effort. TC McCartney for the old folks Uh, son of um, deceased former Colorado quarterback Sal Onessi. You know, his cancer and fight while he was at Colorado led to the birth of, you know, a nice little run for the Colorado Buffaloes, you know, led by quarterback Darian Hagan. He was the grandson of the Colorado coach, Bill McCartney. Um, So, you know, a, a nice story. And just to see that, you know, the man wasn't just given something because he's got some football bloodlines. He's obviously worked and he's putting in the effort. Pete Rashard Higgins, um, and I know Browns fans love him, and, and he's always been you know, one of our favorites to talk about. But you talk about this now, and is it, it's amazing. A number one, how long he's actually been here. Um, and, you know, but there's you know been issues with every regime. You know th- there was a time he was cut. I, I believe that was before the 2017 or the 2018 season. Um, 2018. I'm actually that was the 17 season. He had a little success that year. 2018, the opportunity came, played well, even missed time with an injury. But uh, you know, so 2019. Then, of course, with that regime, pretty much you could not find him. Um, you, you couldn't find him if he had low jack. Then you get to 2020, where the season started slow, not many opportunities. Odell got hurt. They were more in a, the position where they were forced to play him. Saw success. 2021 again, another relegated role for Rashard Higgins, a guy that's always you know been there when that bell you know basically when his bell was rang and it was called upon. Um, but for the Browns and Rashard Higgins, there's. I don't see any reason for this to continue and you know, even if the Browns wanted it to, if I'm looking at this from a Rashard Higgins standpoint, you know, I've had times where I've been viewed as an afterthought now by three separate regimes running this team. You know, if I'm Rashard Higgins, you know, sadly, I can't get out of Cleveland fast enough.
1: Well, um, look, Rashard Higgins is, he understands how to play the position. He understands how to get open? He understands how to position himself to make catches, all that stuff. The problem for Richard Higgins is, and has always been, his his room for error is nil, um, because of his athleticism, um, or lack thereof. He just, you know, there's no there's no margin for error for him. Um, if he's not right in what he's doing, you know, it, it's a struggle. So, the difference between 2020. In 2021 for him, 2020 he was basically perfect in terms of what he needed to do to be an effective player. Uh, 2021 he wasn't. That's how that's how slim that margin is for him that it can go from he looks the part of at least a not ideal but functional number two wide receiver to arguably number four or five. Now, as far as his uh, status with the Browns, I think it's entirely tied to Jarvis Landry. If Jarvis Landry restructures and stays here, I think Richard Higgins is gone. Um if however Jarvis Landry and the Browns cannot come to an agreement and they cut him, I think Richard Higgins will be back because Richard Higgins is a really valuable locker room guy. Um he's a really positive guy in that in that uh building and I think at that point he becomes sort of the Jarvis landry type role that also can contribute if needed. Now again, it, it, it's tough because it you know you just there's just so little room there if if something goes wrong for him that he can be sort of rendered ineffective. And that's ultimately what had happened uh, this this past year. and in previous regimes that didn't like him, it was because he wasn't athletic enough. and and some people, and I remember hearing that he was knocked for like not being a hard practice player. I don't know how true that is. Um, but I, I, to me, I think it was basically, look, he's slow. He's not particularly dynamic. Um, and they were always hoping somebody else would sort of replace him. So I, I really think that Higgins will be, and for you know, let's be honest, Higgins does not have a lot of choices in this one. Um, I, I don't, you know, if he goes out in the open market, which he will, you know, we've seen it like it's just not there for him. Um, And, and I don't expect that that's going to change this year after a year where he's pretty bad. Um, So I think he's basically going to be Cleveland or else to a certain extent. Now I I suspect he will sign somewhere. Um, I know at one point he, he allegedly turned down money to come back for Cleveland for less because he really liked Cleveland. I, again, how true that is, I don't know. That may be put to the test, but I think Jarvis Landry's situation is going to dictate what happens to Higgins. I, I don't see a way that they are both on this team at the same time next year.
0: Okay, and real quick here, well, Jarvis Landry, gun to your head, because it looks like Jarvis Landry wants a decision and wants it quickly. How do you think it works out?
1: Well, I don't. Uh, I I, th- I think um, they are going to. The Browns have you, you you know Mary Kay Cabot had to be was the vehicle for them to go. Respond to sort of that 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 ahead of their press conferences because they're not going to answer it directly. Andrew Bray doesn't talk about contract situations. Nope. Uh, but he wants they, the Browns. Their answer to this is yes, we want Jarvis Landry back, but we want him restructured. Jarvis Landry says he wants to be decided one way or the other. Uh, this is a way to sort of, you know, disseminate some of the blame here that, it, you know, if, if Landry's goes, Landry's going to be like, well, look, they didn't want me. And if the Browns, if he does, if the Browns are going to be like, look, we, we, we couldn't pay him this much money anymore and he wasn't interested in what we counter offered. And my, my, my thing with that the whole time is I, I'm more than willing to be surprised on this, but I, I don't know what the magic number is in terms of money or role that is going to sort of satisfy both sides.
0: And that's going to be the issue because, um, you know, you're going to add other wide receivers here. So, you know, you you make this deal with Jarvis Landry and all of a sudden maybe come week four, week five, you know, the opportunity for Jarvis Landry is, you know, decreasing, so to speak. And then you're maybe in a situation with a player who, you know, took the financial burden that was asked for him to do and now sees a shrinking role. I don't know. I I, I think this one is probably headed towards a separation from the Cleveland Browns and Jarvis Landry. We'll see. Well I'll probably learn more on that front as this week rolls on out. Again, Combine Week, a lot of information uh, you know, to be, you know, let out, so to speak, as far as, you know, you know, teams intentions and certainly player Intentions. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest on sportsillustrated.com. Make sure you check it, everything out over there. Pete and the team will have a ton of coverage for you this week. Obviously, NFL Combine, big, big week of the NFL offseason. Uh, the For Pete's Sake podcast with Nicole. Make sure you're checking that out. Weekly spot. Um, they do a fantastic job. The show just continues to get better and better as the weeks and months and almost years grow on. So keep uh, your ears out. Make sure you're listening to that as well. Make sure you're following At underscore Pete Smith underscore as well. Show itself at On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Uh, Questions, ideas, thoughts, uh, something you'd like to hear on the show. You're always welcome to hit me up. Uh, we love to entertain new thoughts, and obviously the offseason gives us a lot more freedom to do that. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're following or subscribed to the Locked On Browns podcast, five-star readings, written reviews. As always, we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. And with that all, oh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the L-O-B. Let's go, Browns.